Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Andrew Ellis, FoxSports.com, as well as 24-7 Sports, doing a great job covering all things Razorback baseball. And Andrew, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I've got uh, I've got my computer pulled up watching these draft picks come in. So uh, if anyone gets you know picked while I'm on air, we'll be able to break it live and in person. Here we go. Well, that sounds good, man. Well, let's just start there. What have you made so far of uh, the Major League Baseball draft? Obviously, dealing with the Razorbacks specifically, but what's kind of been your big takeaway just from the draft in general? Well, you know, the MLB draft is by far the most complicated of the major sports drafts and the most there's so many layers to it and guys coming from all over the place and so there's so many weird variables but I think overall it's gone about as well as you could realistically hope if you're an Arkansas fan and sure there's a few guys here and there I mean Julian Bosnick comes to mind as a guy that you know a transfer a big time transfer from South Carolina that the Hogs were expecting to get to campus and he goes in the 14th round that was a little bit of a surprise and a lot of a lot of people thought Connor Nolan had a chance to come back and looking like that's not going to happen so those are little minor surprises but overall I mean Things have gone pretty well. The guys who were supposed to get drafted got drafted, and there, there's been a few variables, especially in the high school ranks with uh, Mason Neville and Jason Jones, who have not heard their name called yet, and that could be big news for Arkansas. So I think overall, all in all, you know, you're always going to lose some players. You're always going to have some guys that you know some unexpected things to go down. But all in all, I'd say that it's, it's been mostly a success for Arkansas to this point. What would you say determines a great situation for a player that got drafted? Would it just be about the team, the money, or draft position, or is it just a combo of everything? Well, it, it really depends on – I mean, it depends on each player's different, and you never know what you're – if you're a player that's getting drafted, all of these guys have different priorities. For some, you know, I'm sure that they're – if you're a high school guy that's trying to be swayed from going to college, I'm sure it's going to take a hefty amount of money and – probably even the right fit and some guys are harder to sign than others but I guess it just comes down to the the player in the situation but usually you know outside of the, the guys early on there's you know you can usually kind of read between the lines and figure out who's good and who's not and in cases like guys like Mason Neville and Jason Jones I imagine they had no problem coming to school you know they, they had no problem going to Arkansas so I bet their number they were looking for was probably pretty high that an MLB team was going to have to reach and you know, it's as simple as, hey, I have my number set here. If an NLE team can't reach that number, then I'm going to school. And, you know, like I said, some guys kind of know if you're a junior in college, your number is probably going to be a lot lower because this is your last year of leverage and things like that. So you're probably going to take just about anything they offer you because this is your big year to get drafted. And But there's always, you know, different situations. And some guys, you never know, they probably have no interest in playing pro ball. You never, You can never really tell, but – yeah, I guess it just comes down to the person and each different player. So the big question that is on a lot of Razorback fans' mind is Connor Nolan. And obviously there's been a lot of Razorbacks drafted, which we'll talk about, but he's kind of the one that people have been feeling that there's a really good chance he could come back, but kind of depending on where he was going to end up. And now we know he gets drafted in the ninth round to the Chicago Cubs. What are you thinking about his situation? And after he got drafted, does that change your mind on where you're leaning towards him returning or him moving on? It definitely does. I think two days ago, if you had asked me, I definitely would have been leaning towards Connor Nolan returning to Arkansas. You know, I believe Van Horn when he said that it's going to take a legitimate offer to get Connor to leave school. And I believe Connor when he kind of said, you know, I'm not closing the door. I'm not, you know, I'm not ruling out returning for Arkansas. 
I know some people have hinted that, oh, he's doing this for leverage and stuff like that. I actually don't think that was what was going on. I think Connor legitimately just wanted to keep his options open, and I imagine there were some teams that reached out and obviously had a great year, so it's not that surprising. And I, I guess he just heard a number that he liked. And, you know, early, especially in the first 10 rounds, you know, these MLB teams, a lot of times you'll see guys get drafted and not signed, but obviously MLB teams want to avoid that. So I have a hard time imagining that they drafted him in the ninth round without having at least some sort of idea that they were going to be able to sign him. And I don't know if that means that they came to an agreement on a number beforehand or if he just kind of expressed interest or whatever the case may be. We'll find out for sure in the next you know few weeks, I'm assuming. But I, I, I definitely do think that Connor, it, it's safe to assume that him getting drafted means that he's in a position where he's probably ready to move on to pro ball. Now, you mentioned some commits that haven't heard their name yet, and that could bode well for Arkansas. But And also that everybody's situation is different, but is there a time that you look at in the draft as a player and say, well, if if I'm getting drafted in the last round, then my options are better going to college? Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, and a lot of times, you know, the draft position matters, but a lot of times it does come down to that signing bonus and that negotiation and that process where, you know, obviously there's a slot value for a lot of the picks in the top ten. And I think, you know, today, going going into today, I was thinking if Mason Neville and Jason Jones got past the 12th round, that was about where I put the magic number, thinking that there were probably some teams who had some money to work with who might want to take a guy like that in the 11th or 12th round to see if they could try to overslot him and throw him some extra money and do whatever. But since they got past that point, I think, it, the, you know, it became clear that they're perfectly fine going to school and, and yeah, like you said, there, there, there's a chance that you know someone gets drafted here in the 18th, 19th, or 20th round. But usually at that point, it's kind of just a courtesy, last ditch effort, just going to kind of throw you know throw it out there and see if they bite. But uh, yeah, at this point, I think you know those those high school kids who you know had a lot of talent, had a lot of options, are probably looking at it and thinking, you know, I'm probably better just going off to school. And and with Arkansas in particular, I think it helps that you have so many older guys getting drafted early. So they're able to look at a guy like Cade Wallace and see the exact blueprint of what they're trying to achieve. Because you remember Cade Wallace is in a pretty similar situation when he was coming out of high school. And Arkansas was able to sell him on the idea that he could come to school and end up making more money. And that's exactly what happened for him. How much has it changed with the thinking from these players with the reduction of the number of rounds? Because we're talking about round 20 and thinking that, you know, you're you're going in the last round, and that may be a stretch there. And even if you went free agent after that, but at one time, the MLB draft not too long ago was 40 rounds. So we're talking about half of the players that got drafted at one time. It's being cut in half. Absolutely, and I mean, you think of some of the guys on Arkansas's roster, like a Brady Slavens or a Zach Morris or a Will McIntyre, guys in that that nature who. You know, if this if you added twenty rounds to this draft here, they probably hear their name called, or there's at least some different discussion. So I think it definitely changes the entire dynamic of these things, and also for MLB teams. You know, I think it changes their mentality when it comes to drafting players, and I think you take less chances if you're a pro team, knowing that you don't really have those later, you know, twenty one to forty rounds to kind of work with and mess around. So you you have to kind of go be aggressive and get after the guys that you know are going to sign. And that's why I said I think that you know guys that are getting drafted, especially in the top you know ten to fifteen rounds, I think those team, those guys that are getting drafted probably have expressed to the team that they would like to sign. And so I think it, yeah, it definitely changes the entire dynamic of the draft. And crazy to think that you know in years past we would still have twenty two more rounds left of this thing. 
We're speaking with Andrew Ellis of 24-7 Sports and Hogsports.com here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry Hotline. Andrew, just looking at as far as all the Razorback players that have been drafted so far, has there been any major surprises, whether they got drafted earlier than you thought, drafted later than what you thought? Just kind of what's been your reaction to that? Um, nothing, nothing huge in that department. I would say Caden Wallace, I probably expected him to go probably 15 to 20 picks higher. But I, I do think that once the signing bonus numbers come out, I think he might end up getting closer to the money of a 30 to 35 overall pick kind of guy. Uh, you know, there weren't, weren't a ton of huge surprises. I think the only one really is Nolan being drafted. I, I was, you know, thinking he might go day three. You know, I think we'd be looking for his name today, but then he went the ninth round. That was a bit surprising. I guess today the one that kind of came out of left field was Mark Adamiak, who, if you remember, entered the transfer portal in June and it was committed to go play at Missouri and really wasn't even traveling with the team down the stretch. He gets drafted in the 15th round. That kind of came out of nowhere, but. Yeah, there hasn't been a ton of huge surprises, and so I think that is a, is a good sign for Arkansas. We saw with this draft that there's still a focus, especially at the top of the draft, on selecting players right out of high school. So for players that do go to college, maybe they're looking at it like this could be a, a bit of a deterrence to go to college because they're still, with these major league teams, they're looking a lot at the high school players. Uh, to an extent, yes. I think I think when you get to the top, you know, 20, 30 picks of the draft, those are the guys that, you know, would be drafted in that range regardless. Those are the, you know, so they're so talented that it probably doesn't really matter. You know, we, we, we see a guy like Kumar Rocker who literally doesn't play baseball for a year to end up improving his draft position. You know, guys of that caliber usually kind of know their situation. And a lot of those guys probably would be drafted in the top 30 regardless. But there have been, I mean, there's a good bit of college players being drafted, I mean, I think I saw a number today that it was around 78% of all draft picks came from Division One baseball, which has, you know, risen in the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, I, still, I think it all comes down to just each player situation. And, you know, I think if you're, if you're going to be a first-round pick out of high school, I think it's just – I just really do think it's impossible to turn that down because there's no point in trying to sit here and say, oh, maybe in two or three years I can improve from this to this. If, when you're in the first round, I think you just have to take that money and go. But – you know, uh, I think there's a lot of guys who believe that they, they bet on themselves a little bit by going to college. And I think there's also a good case to be made that going to college prepares you for pro ball in a really good way. Unlike, you know, when you're 18 and you're being thrown to the wolves kind of and having to go play pro ball and you might not be getting that same one-on-one development that you would get at a college. And I think, you know, nowadays these SEC schools are have so much, so many great facilities and have such elite coaches that I think, there is still a lot of value in going to college, and I don't think that'll change. Now, Dave Van Horn talked a little bit about the draft date and how he is not a fan of that. Uh, I know that this has been something that's been debated for a while, but what do you make of the actual MLB draft date itself, and is that something that should be changed or should be moved? Well, I, I definitely think so. I mean, I mean, I think back to years past when they used to do it, the round of the regional, and you would have players getting drafted while they're – literally playing elimination games in the NCAA tournament. And I agree that that was too early for the draft, but I think this is, and now they've overgone it the other direction. And now I think where they have it now is just too late. I mean, especially, you know, when you think of it from a college baseball standpoint, I mean, school's not too far away from starting. I mean, classes are going to start in a month and you got some of these guys that are still don't know if they're going to school, don't know what they're going to do, whether they're going to sign or whatever. And, I think and if you're Dave Van Horn, you're just trying to fill out your roster as quickly as you can and kind of understand what you're working with. 
And there's still going to be a couple weeks of signing, you know, after this. So you still don't really know for sure until about August 1st. And by that point, it's time to, you know, start school and start ball ball. So it's, it's definitely too far back. And like Van Horn says, he thinks they only do it just so they could have it on all-star weekend. And it really only benefits the MLB owners. And he thinks it's a little, it's, it, it's kind of a disservice to college coaches and it's hard not to agree with him. What's your outlook on the team that's in place, the players that you know are already on campus and the ones that are going to make it there? There's still some holes to fill, but what's your outlook on the team that's already in place and some of the players that are there? I, I, I have a positive outlook on Arkansas's chances for 2023. And like you said, there's still a few questions here and there. It's not perfectly clear, but it never really is at this time of year. I mean, you still, once we get to fall ball and we get to see these guys kind of competing with each other i think there's going to be some nice competitions going around and and there, there's also a nice little mix of you have some transfer guys you have some returning guys in stovall Diggs, and borkin and you also have some really talented freshmen and, and you know all these juco transfers it's just going to be a weird mix of talent from coming from all different directions and you know i, I still think there's a little bit of a question mark at catcher who knows what ends up happening there but overall arkansas is a lot of is going to have a lot of talent on the roster that's the case every year we know that and, uh, I, you know, I'm betting on BBH and the boys figuring it out. Yeah, that's going to be the ultimate key for this team and this program just in general is losing so many players. But also Dave Van Horn doesn't seem too, too uh, messed up about it or anything like that. But from other players, too, that may have been drafted, uh, whether some transfers and some guys that they've been counting on, I mean, is there any guys that you feel like should be a concern as far as them taking that money and moving on to the MLB draft that maybe Dave Van Horn's counting on them being on campus? Well, the only one that really comes to mind when I think about that is Jordan Sprinkle, the UC Santa Barbara shortstop transfer who committed a few weeks back. But, you know, everyone kind of knew there was a draft risk there. I'm not sure if, you know, I, I don't, I'm not in DBH's office. I don't know if he was planning on Sprinkle making it to campus, but he went in the top 150. So you'd assume that that guy's not coming to campus. But I think that there was a, there was a few big ones, like the two freshmen I mentioned earlier that made it to campus that might have even been a little bit of a surprise. I think you also got Harold Cole is a guy who I mentioned on this show, you know, the last time I was on is a JUCO transfer from San Jacinto. He was a guy I was kind of, not, not many people were talking about, but he was a guy who I thought was pretty draftable. And I was a little, you know, kind of wait, waiting to see what would happen with him, but it's looking like he's going to make it to campus. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think that they're good though, from a position player standpoint, I think there were a lot, a lot of the guys they were planning on bringing in are going to end up making it to campus. And that obviously bodes well for them. What do you think the biggest hole is to fill for drafted players in Arkansas's roster? Now, last year that, that answer was easy, and, and maybe you have uh, multiple players that you can attach to it, but last year we knew Kevin Copps was going to be the biggest hole to fill everything that he brought to the team and then him moving on. But what, what do you think here this season going into next? Well, you know, it, you know, you lose a guy like Connor Nolan who is – such a big part of your rotation and, you know, was such a consistent force for Arkansas all year. But, you know, I think they have plenty of options in place there with Hagan Smith and Will McIntyre, Brady Tiger, and guys like that who can kind of step up and fill that void. From a pitching standpoint, I really don't have too many questions about this team. But uh, I mentioned it just now. A catcher, I think, is the big question mark. You know, they have two currently on the roster in Oklahoma transfer, Hudson Polk, and the transfer from the JUCO ranks in Parker Nolan. Both guys, you know, have played a little bit of college baseball and, you know, bring some things to the table, but they don't have a guy like a Michael Turner who you kind of know what you're getting. You have a guy who's played high-level baseball for several years, and you 
you know, an older guy who's played against great competition. So there's a little bit of some question marks there. I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to add another catcher. I know that Paul Skeen, the transfer from Air Force, is kind of the biggest chess piece left on the board, and people are kind of waiting to see what he does. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But I, I think Arkansas probably will look to try to add another catcher just to give them another option and give them some, some stability. Every other spot, they, they have some options and they have some proven guys, whether it be from the transfer portal or returning guys on campus. So I think they're in a pretty good spot. I think catcher is probably the biggest question mark for me at this point in the, in the process. Yeah, because I think that what Dave Van Horn has done is always had a good job of balancing uh, a lot of these transfers and everybody coming in too. But I feel like it's also very difficult as a coach when you're going with recruiting to get guys that you can count on being on campus and not going to that next step. How do you feel like Dave Van Horn's able to find that sweet spot of getting guys that are really, really good and talented, but not too good and talented to where they would make the jump to go into the major league draft? Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm assuming this happens by design, but it does seem like just about every year there's one guy from the high school ranks who ends up making it to campus that we weren't quite sure about. I mean, Robert Moores obviously comes to mind, Caden Wallace, Peyton Silval, guys like that. And now this year you have, you know, Mason Neville and Jason Jones. It seems like he does a really good job of finding guys who are, like you said, very talented, but maybe not quite in that first round conversation to where there's a good chance you could sway them into coming to campus. I, yeah, I don't know if that's by design. And obviously they, they lose a couple guys every year. Cole Phillips is a pitcher that they that was a top 65 pick, so he's going to end up going. But they, they seem to kind of fill their holes well. And it, it seems like a pretty impossible job when it comes to balancing, you know, your talent from a JUCO and transfers and your current guys and your incoming guys and not knowing who's going to be there. But they just always find a way to do it. And, you know, I think it's a testament to them and kind of just the way they build their roster every year where we always have all these questions every year of, oh, they're, they're losing these guys. Who's going to replace this guy? And then the spring comes here and you, they're just absolutely loaded every year. And it's, it's, it's really amazing how it works out. But I would have to imagine that's by design. But, yeah, I don't know how he does it. Well, Andrew, before we let you get out of here, who would you say is a player that you assume is going to be on campus next year that Razorback fans are really going to have to watch, a newcomer that you feel like is going to be the game changer for Razorback baseball next year? Well, it's funny that you just mentioned that because as I'm as I, as you asked the question, Mason Neville was drafted in the 18th round by the Cincinnati Reds. I think that's a courtesy pick of just kind of hoping they can maybe sign him. I don't anticipate him signing at that spot. If Mason Neville comes to campus, he's from the Las Vegas area, an outfielder, you know, big-time arm, big-time defender, can really run, has some power. He was number 102 on MLB.com top draft prospects list for this year. He's one that I think can start in center field right away. He's one to watch for, and I think that he's, he's a very ideal replacement when you think about the kind of guys that they've had, like a Dominic Fletcher and Braden Webb, really toolsy guys that can really run and really throw. Mason Neville fits that kind of comp, and, you know, like I said, he was just drafted, but it was in the 18th round, pretty later than expected. We'll see if he signs it. If he makes it to campus, I think that's a big-time addition. Andrew, appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. Enjoy the rest of your summer, all right? All right, man. Thank you.